Welcome back to the same 24 hours podcast. Have you ever thought what it might be like to listen to a therapy session with me? (laughs) No, you haven't. Oh my gosh. Well, you're about to. So today's guest, Dr. David D. Burns has sold over 5 million copies of his book, Feeling Good. He's a psychiatrist and he's got 40 years of research experience and he has a new book called Feeling Great. And he teaches us how the goal is not the elimination of negative feelings in our life, but the development of joy and enlightenment. So his book, Feeling Great, the revolutionary new treatment for depression. (sighs) I'm out of breath. (laughs) Depression and anxiety. This was an intense session. I always record these intros after. Um, But he ends up running through this method and feeling great with me live on the podcast. And I was sweating and then I felt good and then I felt great. So definitely want you to check out this one. It was, if anything, entertaining to hear me sweat and work through some things, which was really cool. But you'll see how this application of his research and his new book will change your life. So check it out. Dr. David D. Burns, feeling great on the same 24 hours. Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood. I'm very excited about Dr. David D. Burns is here today. Hi, Dr. Burns. How are you? Hi, Meredith. Thanks for having me on. I'm so happy to be on your show. I'm very, very psyched. This is so exciting. One, because of who you are. And if my audience doesn't know, like you're about to be blown away because this Dr. Burns is amazing. Um, But I was in the bookstore on over the weekend and my daughter was with me and she goes, mom, let's go see your book. Cause we, there's signed copies in my local bookstore and she likes to oh. count how many have been sold and usually oh, yeah. it's not very many <laughs> yeah I know so the we, went over, we went over she's like there's four signed copies and I said oh well that's not good because there was four last time we were here but oh. then I looked and she's like what's this big book and I was like that's Dr. Burns's book that's his book feeling good I said I'm talking to this guy next week and she's like you make up stories <laughs> uh-huh. oh uh, so That's I do not make up you. stories, but um, wow, what an honor to talk to you. Okay, I'll quit blubbering now. So let's talk about first feeling good. And then I want to talk about that book you have in the background. Okay. Feeling great. So you've sold over 5 million copies of Feeling Good. And it was it's considered like the foundation of cognitive be- behavioral therapy. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And let's talk about your research and, and how did you come to write feeling good and what, you know, what is this worldwide acclaim and what does sure. everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's, let's just start there. Well, the, um, I was doing research at the university of Pennsylvania medical school after I finished my residency and 
I'm sure you've heard, most people have heard this idea that depression is due to a chemical imbalance in the brain. And I, we, I was doing research on that, you know, serotonin theory, the so-called happy chemical. If you have too little serotonin, you'll be depressed. If you have too much, you'll be manic. Right. And uh, I was doing both clinical research and basic research on brain chemistry. And the, the research indicated that this theory was uh, fraudulent. Uh, and, and, and there's a difference between a false and a fraudulent theory. A false theory is one that you've proven through research that it's not true. And we proved that as early as 1975 and published in top uh, research journals. A fraudulent theory is one that continues to be promoted in spite of the fact that it's be, been debunked, you know, and generally for uh, financial motives is, is, is huge. Uh, and uh, it would, like with, with, with the drug companies making billions off of the chemicals called antidepressants. And I had prescribed them for all of my patients, tons of antidepressants. And I rarely or never saw anyone uh, recover or go from depression to, to waking up and saying, hey, it's great to be alive. Like today, I'm feeling pretty darn happy. I see some redwood trees out here and I see a beautiful cherry type tree going into full blossoms and we have a new adopted cat who's just very loving. I saw him or her behind Yeah, you. it's a her. She's a big girl, <laughs> a beautiful big girl. She, uh, she, her owner died and she's six years old and we, hmm. we adopted her and I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, had the impulse to start petting her. She was on the bed. And she turned into a machine, a beautiful purring, and then she rolled over on her back and showed me her tummy, and it was just, just wonderful. But sadly, my patients weren't having these kinds of experiences, and uh, I, I was really getting frustrated, and I could sense that a lot of, a lot of people in the field were working for a financial motive mm -hmm. rather than to get, to get at the truth. And then I heard about this kooky guy named Aaron Beck. And when I looked at him, he looked goofy. He wore these little bow ties and he talked kind of like a con artist to a certain extent. And, but he said, you know, you can treat depression without pills and depression is caused by our negative thoughts. Mm. And when you're depressed, your negative thoughts aren't true. You're fooling yourself. It's uh, depression is the world's oldest con. And wow. When you think okay, let's you pause there for a second. Yeah, yeah. One, go back to the statement you made about our negative thoughts and let's repeat that. And yeah. that just, I feel like that just needs a pause for everyone. Oh, sure. Listening. Absolutely. These are big okay. ideas. Well, that one's yeah. been around for 2000 years since the time of the Greek philosopher Epictetus, who said we're disturbed not by things, but by our views of, of them. And this is so basic and overwhelmingly obvious that no one can understand it or believe it. And what it means is that all your emotions are caused by what you're telling yourself at every moment of every day. You're creating your own emotional reality through your thoughts. And when people are depressed or anxious, uh, you'll be telling yourself things like this, I'm a loser, I'm unlovable. I saw a young woman recently and she broke up with her boyfriend of two years and she was depressed and said, Dr. Burns, I think I'm unlovable. I think I'm, I'm going to be alone forever. And those thoughts, if you believe them, are, are devastating. And it's not the breakup in her relationship 
that caused her depression. It's normal to feel sad, but the depression is caused by these thoughts. Or let's say you have public speaking anxiety, as so many people do. I used to have crippling public speaking anxiety, and my first academic talk was humiliating beyond belief. But you're telling yourself, I just know I'm going to screw up when I give my talk. My mind's going to go blank. I'll make a fool of myself. People will see how nervous I am. They'll judge me. They'll look down on me. There's something wrong with me. I'm inferior. Other people don't have this problem. What's wrong with me? It's that kind of inner dialogue. And all depression, all anxiety, and all anger results from these internal messages. And even now, what people are listening, even now, everyone listening to the show has different feelings. Yeah. Like some may be thinking, oh, Vern sounds like an ass. <laughs> you know, he's stupid what he's saying. Well, then you're feeling annoyed. Right. Or some might be thinking, oh, boy, this sounds too hard for me. Too, I, I won't be able to, to use this. I need it, but it won't work for me. And then you're feeling anxious or hopeless. And then others may be thinking, oh, wow, this could be pretty awesome. Maybe that book he wrote, Feeling Good, maybe that would help cure my depression. And then you'll feel happy and excited. And so the idea is simple. You're all hearing the same show, the same words, exactly. But you're all having different feelings. So what causes your feelings? Not what I'm saying, not what Meredith is saying, but your thoughts about it. And that's, that's the first idea. It's 2,000 years old or 2,500 years old if you want to go all the way back to the time of the Buddha. Yeah. And how hard is it if we've been disconnected from our thoughts or have not been paying attention to them or are new to this concept, how hard is it to actually hear them or recognize them? Oh, it's easy. I've never had any. Uh, I say my whole life, I only had three people who said, I can't think of what my negative thoughts are. And then it's easy to solve that problem. But usually if I say to a patient, "What? give me a moment you were upset. What time of day was it? Where were you? What was going on? Who were you with? What did they say? What did you say next? What were your feelings? So oh, I was depressed. I was guilty. Uh, I was feeling uh, hopeless and, and, and discouraged. And I say, tell me what you were thinking. Like uh, uh, anxiety usually results from telling yourself you're in danger, that something bad is going to happen. You know, when I give my talk, I'll blow it. Depression results from telling yourself uh, that you've lost something or someone important. Okay to your sense of self-esteem. Guilt results from telling yourself you're bad or that you hurt someone you loved or you violated your, your value system. Uh, anger results from telling yourself that somebody's a jerk, <laughs> trying to take advantage of you, that they shouldn't be so screwed up. Hopelessness results from telling yourself things will never change. I'll be depressed forever. My problems could never be solved. So it's easy for people to come up with their negative thoughts. Um, changing them is what where the uh, excitement and the art form come in. Right. Well, it's funny because I started doing this work myself on myself, you know, a couple of years ago. And I realized that I had this habitual pattern of saying my life is a mess, you know? So, oh yeah. Yeah. Like we, we went under contract for our house on 
Monday last week and like everything is falling into place. Like life is just like, you know, everything we need to do to yeah. move. And I went into the kitchen and I made a smoothie and the blender like exploded, exploded the smoothie everywhere. It went everywhere. And as I was cleaning it up, my thought was my life is such a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, I, everything yeah. is in place. I yeah. have a smoothie accident and I go to this default of yeah. my life is a mess. So I guess that's what more along the lines of what I meant when it's like hard to kind of identify maybe those like habitual thoughts that keep yeah. us stuck, but you know? What you just said is, is so vitally important. Uh, it's actually a new discovery in psychotherapy that I call a fractal psychotherapy. And I don't know if you've heard of the word fractal. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a kind of quasi-scientific new notion really, but that uh, it, it's been shown that an awful lot of what exists in nature is created by fractals. And a fractal is a simplistic, tiny formula that even a fourth grader could easily comprehend and work with that repeats itself over and over again. And so if you look at a leaf, the tiniest part of a leaf, if you have a massively powerful magnif uh, magnifying glass or microscope, you'll see that the tiniest part of a leaf is always exactly like the entire leaf itself. It's just a little pattern that keeps repeating itself over and over again. And this is how trees make leaves and how, uh, how forests, forests exist. And you can create these little formulas and, and create amazing things on a computer with just a tiny little simple formula that keeps repeating itself. You can simulate a forest, the East Coast of the United States, you, States, you can create a, a gorgeous looking multicolored par parrot. And the thing is that all of our emotional problems also result from what I call brain fractals or thinking fractals, little tiny patterns that repeat themselves over and over again. So one of yours would be, you know, my life is a mess. It's a mess. Everything's things out of control. And the neat thing about that is that uh, I can help. I can show people how to modify a fractal, their their key misery fractal, in a single therapy session. Now, it, it, I, when I work with people, I generally work with them for two hours, and the goal is to complete the entire course of therapy in one two-hour session. And I wow. can almost always do that. But the way we do it is zero in on the person's fractal and then use powerful techniques to smash and modify that that fractal. So it's it's kind of interesting, you know, what you said is really rings true. Yeah. And and I love so much that you said like we spend two hours, we we pinpoint it and we smash it because it yeah. really is that simple and that difficult, right? I mean, me yeah. realizing that I run with an underground thought of my life is a mess yeah. was so insightful <laughs> because yeah. it made me realize this is why I'm in a panic because I think my life is a mess. But when I step back and I write about it or discuss it with, you know, the air, I can see yeah. that my life is not a mess. So what is the step yeah. after you kind of identify your thoughts? Like I, I know well, I'm feeling good. Go sure. Well, I, I, you know, and, and there's the, the feeling good approach and then the feeling great approach, which is <clears throat> which is the new book. But in the feeling good approach, it was all about identifying the distortions in your thoughts and smashing 
those distorted thoughts. And that's still incredibly important. And you're probably aware of this, but uh, there are these 10 classic thinking errors that I listed for the first time in my, in my book, Feeling Good, like uh, all or nothing thinking, looking at things that, uh, in black or white categories. Like you might put pressure on yourself to say, oh, this show has to be so great. Uh, or it's no good at all. You know, that's that all or nothing right. thinking perfectionism. And I used to really be trapped in this and a lot of people are, but I'm not anymore. See, to me, I'm, I'm just, I just feel lucky to be talking to you right now and schmoozing w with you. <laughs> and I'm not worried about, you know, who's right. gonna like or dislike, dislike the show. But it's so easy to get into this, th this all or nothing thinking if I'm not a complete success, I'm a total failure. Uh, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me, so I must be unlovable. That's kind of all or nothing thinking as if people are either lovable or unlovable, worthwhile or worthless, yeah. uh, winners or losers. And then, you know, overgeneralization, uh, I won't go into all of the 10 thinking errors, but the, the listeners will recognize these generalizing from a negative event to a never-ending pattern of defeat or to yourself. You see, she, she, she's not focusing on why did my relationship break up, which is where she needs to go, and what can I learn and how can I grow and change? She's going to, I'm unlovable, I have an unlovable self and I'll be alone forever. That's, that's overgeneralization. And that's what I mean when I say that depression and anxiety are the world's oldest cons because what you're telling yourself, like my life is a mess or whatever, when you're depressed and anxious, those thoughts are not true. You're, you're fooling yourself. And then the third idea, which is the, you know, the, the killer idea I, I, I wrote about in Feeling Good, is the very moment you change those thoughts, you crush those thoughts and prove to yourself that what you're telling yourself isn't true. And that very inst moment, you'll instantly feel feel better. Um, so that's the state of the art as of 1980 when Feeling Good came out and that was powerful alone because the research has shown that two-thirds of the people who were given a copy of the book Feeling Good who were depressed will recover in four weeks with no other treatment, no drugs, no psychotherapy. So if anyone is listening and depressed or has a loved one who's depressed, you might think of giving them a copy of, of Feeling Good. Now the new book, Feeling Great, keeps all of that good, you know, cognitive therapy it's called. You change your cognitions or thoughts. I've kept all of that, but uh, since I've been at Stanford, I've developed a uh, weekly psychotherapy development group uh, that's for community therapists and, and then, you know, graduate students at Stanford and so forth. And we've developed a powerful new technique that doesn't uh, conflict with cognitive therapy, but it, it kind of like puts cognitive therapy on steroids. And that's that, we, we, you know, one of the things that Freud tried to solve was this idea of resistance. He saw a lot of his patients uh, resisted for some reason. And he spent his life trying to figure that out and solve that problem, and he never did. He never, he didn't come up with the correct idea of resistance. And his, uh, uh, you know, free association on the couch for years uh, was very ineffective. Um, but we've, we've discovered uh, that the cause of resistance, why
people get stuck sometimes for years in in, in uh, negative funky moods is is because uh, your your negative feelings don't result from what's wrong with you all this stuff about you have a mental disorder or chemical imbalance in your brain that stuff is a lot of a lot of baloney related and, and it's demoralizing but it it results from what's great about you from and your core values what's beautiful and awesome about you and there's huge benefits to you from these negative thoughts and feelings, the depression, the anxiety, the guilt, the shame, the hopelessness, uh, all of these things have, have huge hit, hidden benefits. And when you bring the beautiful parts of yourself out, uh, you begin to see them in your negative thoughts and feelings, uh, and, and you begin to see the benefits of them, oddly, your resistance disappears, and then depression is just a stone's throw away. And I can give you an example of it right now. So you might think of telling yourself, my life is a mess as, as a problem, uh, causes anxiety and low self-esteem and frustration and feel, feeling overwhelmed. And, and you might uh, fight uh, to, to get rid of that thought. But then your subconscious mind will fight you and resist you because that thought actually is showing fabulous things about you and your core values. And, and if you don't oh. take that into account, you will not be willing to let go of it. Okay. And, and for good reason. And so the new uh, Feeling Great Therapy in the new book is all about trying to persuade the patient not to change because of what's so awesome about their symptoms. And so we can do that right now, if you, if you yes, like. Yes, let's do this. Okay, so, so uh, my life a is a mess. Of, <laughs> yeah, and you need, you, you need a piece of paper. I'll get, I'll get a piece paper. of paper myself here. Okay, here and, we go, everyone. Uh, get your paper out if you're listening. Because so, if your life is a mess, you're, we're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you say your life is a mess, what are the names of the feelings do you have? Do you feel anxious? Yes, anxious. Uh huh. Um, scattered. Uh, you feel scattered. Uh, like frantic, uh -huh. which I guess uh, yeah. like, I feel like that's different than anxious. Though frantic is like, yeah, oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta yeah, get it done now. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's beautiful. I love a a scattered and frantic. Do you feel any uh, guilty or ashamed? Yes, like why haven't I dealt with this? Why am okay. I here again in my life? What yeah. has happened to me? Why is this still happening? I'm 41 yeah. and my life is still a mess. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Do you feel uh, inadequate when you uh, tell you? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. You're an imposter. You're a fraud. I mean, I go down yeah. the route. You can tell I've been listening yeah. for a while. Beautiful. Um, this is great stuff. I go um, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel also... Uh, any uh, uh i'm just speculating here going through categories of emotion do you ever feel alone or lonely when you tell oh, yourself yeah. that yes uh -huh. i'm lonely okay. nobody cares nobody likes me sure. no one cares about my podcast no one likes my no, i'm books. just looking for distorted thoughts <laughs> i'm pulling I'm your dead. leg i'm, I'm teasing nobody cares yeah right, right. sure exactly. yeah those at thoughts are level, great those thoughts can be so so painful and they it seems so so real and we could add other feelings too do you feel embarrassed when you have that thought yeah i feel yeah well see the the embarrassed then gets tied to my body oh so, yeah sure you know like why have i why am i still carrying around the same 20 pounds what like oh yeah 
you know, you should, yeah, it, it's all like just from that one statement, it, because I have to make sure that with my statement, my life is a mess. I cover all areas of my life. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> you know. And now um, uh, do, you, do you feel uh, discouraged or hopeless when you have those kinds of thoughts? I never, hopeless is not my MO, but discouraged yeah. and also like, I'll just quit because why bother? Oh, oh yeah. So it's more of you a know. screw you. I'm not bothering. So yeah, I never so, feel hopeless. So, so is that kind of an angry thing, an annoyed yeah. thing? Yeah, annoyed. Yeah. And then uh, frustrated, do you feel too? Frustrated and very martyry. Like I do everything oh, and nothing yeah. happens. Oh yeah, great. Now here, here's the thing. And uh, we're moving fast and this is kind of cool that we're doing this so fast. Um, suppose we had a ma magic button. Now I'll just accelerate all of this. A big red magic button. If you pressed that, all these negative thoughts and feelings would instantly vanish and you go into a state of euphoria with no effort whatsoever. Okay. Uh, would you press the button? I mean, I say I would, but I think I'm addicted to the thoughts. <laughs> Sure, and I want to stay sure. miserable. Like sure, I would, sure. I would question the button. You know what yeah, I mean? Good. That well, that's very wise. Uh, absolutely. Now let let's let's think of all the good reasons not to press that magic button. What do all these negative thoughts and feelings show about you? That's positive and awesome. And we're going to make a list of them of positives uh, right now. Now let's let's start with the uh, scattered and frantic. W what are some benefits to you of feeling scattered and frantic? And what do those feelings show about you and your core values that's positive and awesome? Um, that I have the ability to spring into action when okay, I need write, to. Write that down right, right now. Okay. Ability to I, act. I, yeah, I can spring into ac action. Uh, that's that's a good one. Okay. Uh, I, I love that. And anything else from scattered and frantic? Um, that I can handle a lot of things at once. Like as it's coming to me, I can hold a lot of information, even though it's all over the place. It, you yeah. have energy. Energy yeah, yeah. and the ability to hold a lot. Well, well that's two things. I can handle a, a lot at once. Uh, and then number three is it shows that I, I have... Uh, uh, energy and maybe even uh, motivation. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, and, and motivation. Uh, now, what you also uh, said you feel anxious at these moments when when you tell yourself what what is the thought again? My life is a mess. Oh yeah, my life is a mess. Right. Uh, that that you feel anxious. Uh, what what are some good things about your anxiety? Um. It lets, again, I think it's about, it lets me know that I need to do something. Okay, yeah, the, uh, the anxiety uh, uh, lets me know, and it kind of protects you. Right. That, that, that lets me know I, 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 need, I need, to, need to do something. Uh-huh, and, and so also, do, do, you, do you do a lot of things and, and accomplish a lot? Yes. Is that a benefit? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Put I would that say down. so. Number yeah. five, high high functioning and and achievement. Okay. Uh, now you you said you you sometimes uh, feel uh, guilty and ashamed. What does that show about you? That's positive and awesome. Um. So for me, I think it's my ability to change because I do have. I don't necessarily have a lot to be guilty and ashamed about, but I have a lot of things in my past. Like I, I drank heavy for twenty years and I'm sober. So it's like I have things in the past that are yuck, 
but it shows me how far I've come. I know that I can overcome things. So the guilt is sort of pointing me toward the yuck of the past. But the good thing that. about it is it shows me how far I've come if I pay attention to that part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. so uh, you can put that down, uh, advantage number positive six. It shows me how f far I've come. And it also sh shows uh, the guilt and shame that, that, that I, have a, I have a moral compass. Mm. For myself, yeah. Hey, that's good. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Because um, I come from a crazy religious background, so the moral compass is that's oh, good. Interesting. To know what that. what what religion? So it was non-denominational Christian, but also known as a cult for many years. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, um, got a little bit of that in in the history, and so I have a you know a conf little confusion with with religion and spirituality. So well, it's I good that too. the moral compass is showing up. Somewhere. Yeah, well, you can have a moral compass without being religious. But my my dad was a Lutheran minister, and so I got kind of anti-religious myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it, a sticky. That's, yeah. that's that's good that that came up though because I, I and I do know that I know you can have a moral compass without being attached to a religion but I think when you grow up with a different set of beliefs it's hard to to lean into that and say yeah you know so yeah. that's good okay that's yeah good right beautiful uh inadequate you said you you feel inadequate what are some benefits of feeling inadequate and what is what are those feelings show about you that's positive and awesome show about your core values yeah, I think that I can identify what I want. And so the feelings of inadequacy are pointing to what I don't want. So it allows me to see where I want to go. And also, again, to spring into action. I Because I, I don't tend to sit in the shit soup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I sure, tend to sure. be like, let's yeah, get out cool. of this. So now, uh, uh, number eight on my list, I can identify what I want. Uh, so have you written that down? No, <laughs> doing it, Doctor Birds, doing it. You got to do want. it on paper. It won't work. I know. I got. I got it right here. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I hope I'm doing now, it. Another uh, a, a positive of inadequacy. Does it does it show that you're honest about your flaws? Yeah. Is that yeah. a positive? Yeah. Okay. Put put that down. Okay. Uh, honest, honest about about flaws. Now I have another question for you about the feeling inadequate. Would that show you to be a very arrogant person or a humble person? Um, I, well, I, interestingly, I think I have a touch of arrogance. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about um, the good things about arrogance first. Uh, no, in a, in a minute, but uh, does it also show uh, humility? Yeah. It's like uh -huh. I can see, yeah. I think arrogance, and we don't have to go there right in a second, but I think arrogance is like a, um, a defense mechanism for me. So yeah, I think it is, it is more um, a sense of humility when I really think about is, it. Is that a benefit to have humility? Yeah, yeah uh, put, I think so. put, put that down, not okay. number 10. It's not only a spiritual quality, but also makes you uh, accessible to, to other people. Because if you are accomplishing all of these things and you're this beautiful woman and doing all these things, that could intimidate people a little bit. And the humility could, could allow uh, people to, to love you and to, to connect with you f far, yeah. more, far more quickly. Now, you said that you sometimes feel alone or lonely. What, what are some really nice things about uh, feeling alone or lonely? that I also get time to myself, which I, I crave. 
I mean, okay. I crave solitude and also hate solitude. Yeah. Um, so time to self, that that's a positive thing. What else does your loneliness show about you that's positive and awesome? Um that well, I mean, I'm super creative in the loneliness, and I'm also I have an empathy for it um, mm -hmm. oh, when that's I see good. it in others. Oh yeah, so add that uh, increased uh, uh, compassion uh, for others who are alone and, and and struggling. Another thing I might suggest, and I'm just pushing this real fast because I know your time is a little bit short. But would your loneliness show that you care a great deal about relationships and people? Mm, yeah. And I would previously have said, you know, just from the way I've grown up and stuff, it's like, I, I really don't trust relationships or people, but the, the opposite is true, right? That sure. I actually care very deeply about that. Yeah. So care, care, care very deep, very deeply about relationships. And then what does your mistrust show about you that's positive and awesome? Um, what are that I evaluate situations that I'm analytical. <laughs> is that is that important? Cautious. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put put that down. That 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 I'm I'm cautious. Could we even say that your uh, mistrust is an expression of your self love? Oh, that's a big one, Doctor Burns. Because I wouldn't claim much self love, but yeah, I guess so. It's it's self it's self protection, right? Well, self protection. You wouldn't protect yourself if you didn't love yourself. Hmm. So you know, self my paper's full. Yeah, I know. Look at mine too, and we're only all these great at, things at, at, about at, me at the, at the tip of the iceberg. Well, we could go, but you you get an <laughs> idea further because we're just beginning to hit these things, and uh, uh, you know, we we haven't talked about embarrassment or discouragement or annoyance or frustration. All and there's tons of positives about them too. Well, let's talk about the body thing because I think a lot of my listeners would that would resonate. So like when I said, I sometimes feel take the, my life as a mess and it goes to look at your body, your body's a mess. And why are you still overweight after all these years? Like, how do we flip that one? Cause I, I mean, I, I know I'm motivated to continue to try that I, I continue to eat well and I work out and that's important. Okay. To me. okay so that, let's add those to the list. Okay. So 15. that would be the, that would be the uh, benefits of, of, of beating up on yourself. Yeah. We're not talking about the benefits of being overweight. We're talking about the benefits of giving yourself these negative messages. Right. And 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 so one thing it it it, it motivates you. Uh, what are some other beautiful things about you that are reflected in telling yourself, "Oh, I'm overweight. I'm 22 pounds overweight." And uh, um, I think it allows me again. I think it goes back to to empathy and understanding and and seeing how far I've come too. Because I used to be a hundred pounds overweight. Um, oh, that's mind blowing. That's that's yeah. really cool there. So uh, it, wow. it's yeah, it's the thing I always go to. Like if I had the yeah. self flogging thing, I repeated, it, it would be that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, any other benefits of beating up on yourself or things that shows about you that's positive and, and awesome? Well, one thing we can say uh, the self criticism has has led to accomplishment. Right. Uh, a loss of seventy eight pounds. Right. Is right. that a good thing? That's a good thing. Yeah. So I, I, I lost. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I have a theme too. I def there's definitely a theme. <laughs> a theme. What's the theme? The theme is I these thoughts and 
um, saying my life is a mess, it serves me to keep going, to keep oh, striving. Oh, put that down. I love that. Oh. But that's number 18 <laughs> on my list. Uh, 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 reminds me to uh, to keep uh, to keep growing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's that's neat. And anything else that that comes to mind about any of your self-critical thoughts or or negative feelings? What um, what what's beautiful about the discouragement? What are some really awesome things about uh, <laughs> feeling discouraged? Mm, I think you got to help me on that one, doctor. <laughs> okay, this was what, the second hardest one for me to figure out when I was creating this. Frustration was the hardest. This was the second hardest. And one thing about hopelessness, which you don't have, and discouragement, which is a milder version, it, it can pr protect you from disappointment. So you don't get your hopes up and get all disappointed. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then uh, another thing, is that um, it, 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 it shows uh, that, that you're honest uh, you, you, and, and uh, that you're facing the facts as you see them. For example, uh, you, you have those 22 extra pounds. And so when you're discouraged, you're, you're being honest with your, yourself rather, rather than being in some kind of state of denial. And, and right. you, we can also say that it, it shows courage as well. To, to be looking at yourself in an wow. honest, honest way. So I've got a list here of 21 positives and still we're not done. I mean, we haven't even listed your negative thoughts. I'm trying to work at, you know, quadruple speed here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now the, the question would, would be, you, you, you said that, that you didn't uh, wanna press a magic button and make all of this go away. And that makes good sense, all your negative thoughts and feelings, because then all these positives would go down the drain. Yeah. along with the negative thoughts and feelings, you'd be in a state of euphoria, but you'd lose all, all of this. Yeah. And, and so one kind of new way to, to think about it then would be instead of having a magic button, we could imagine a magic dial and dialing some of the negative thoughts and feelings down a little bit. So you could keep all of these 21 and there'd be another 10 at least positives but get rid of some of the, the discomfort and, and the downside. So for example, you, you say you sometimes feel scattered and frantic and anxious. How, how strong is that between zero and a hundred when it's at, at its max? Oh, I mean, when it's maxed out, frantic is, is huge. Like a hundred, you know. 90, 80. Yeah, I hate to be, you know, extreme. So like 89. 89 because i was gonna guess 88 but i can well understand how it could be 89.7 uh, oh that's where the error came in yeah <laughs> i was thinking of 87 but i what i meant to say was 89.7 right. and then i guess the question would be would there be some lower level that you'd be willing to dial it down to or might yeah. be helpful. So you could have all of the benefits of being anxious, scattered and frantic without uh, so much intensity. And again, you might say, no, I want the 89.7, which is perfectly okay. Or you might think there'd be maybe some lower, lower level. Yeah, like a 50 would be great because then I could still feel it. I would still have the sense of urgency, but it wouldn't have me quite, it wouldn't be quite so heavy on the dial. 
Yeah. Okay. I, good. I get that. Okay, and we'll do that in just a, a moment. But uh, how how guilty do you sometimes get? Oh gosh, like that ninety one point four. Ninety one point four. That's that's kind of similar to what I thought. I was thinking more mm -hmm. like. 91 and a half. <laughs> so what, if you could dial down your guilt, how, how much would you? I don't want to take that one away because I think that's a silly waste of time. Like you that one. Zero yeah, or 10 done, or what? Like be done with the guilt. Yeah, done. Zero. Zero, zero. And then how inadequate do you sometimes feel? Uh, like a 70. I feel that, that's kind of just like a bullshit thing I throw in, I think. Sure, sure. So <laughs> what would be an ideal level, <clears throat> a level of inadequacy? Um, remember, there's a lot of benefits to that for you. Right, like a 50. I, I think if I could, when you say like the euphoria button, no. But if I could dial all this back to like a 50, like... Yeah. I okay. think across the board, you know? Okay. So we could go down the rest of your negative feelings, but yeah. you know, some would go down real low and some would go down to 50 and so forth. And so now yeah. let's see if we can make that happen. So okay. give me one of the negative thoughts that makes you feel uh, scattered. Uh, I think you, you said it already. My life is a mess. My life is a mess. This, um, this house is a mess. Uh -huh. um, yeah. It's always, it's tied to having so much to do. I'm trying to think like a specific thought. Well, that's it. Yeah, that, I yeah. mean, we have it already. My life okay. is a mess. This house is a mess. That's good enough for what we're doing. Okay. Now, what, what are the distortions in that thought? And I can go through them one by one and you can say yes or no. Like the all or nothing? Yeah. Is that yeah. all or nothing? Uh -huh. Yeah, for sure. All and and tell me, tell me why it's all or nothing thinking. You're because right. Because because there are messy parts but everything is not a mess i think it's adjective versus noun like this is a this is a mess pile noun like it's putting my whole life as defined as a mess versus an adjective that there are parts that are messy i love what you're saying that that's right and now uh, wh what is your name meredith you know what my <laughs> name is dr burns no <laughs> david no Meredith. <laughs> and I'm going to be the negative Meredith. Okay. Got it. And um, I'm, I'm going to be that negative voice that makes you really, really frantic. And I want to see if, uh, if you can d defeat me. Okay. You want to try this? It's pretty powerful. Yeah. 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 Okay. Could I talk to you for a minute, Meredith? Wait. I thought you're Meredith. <laughs> I, I, I'm the negative Meredith. And you're going to oh. be the positive, self-loving <laughs> Meredith. It. I'm, I'm okay. going to be the negative one who makes you frantic and guilty and inadequate. Okay. And, and I'm the positive see, Meredith. Got see it. if you okay. can uh, uh, defeat me so we can, you know, bring those feelings down. Okay, got bit. it. Negative Meredith. Let's go. Uh, okay. Uh, could I talk to you for a minute? Sure. I didn't want to hurt your feelings or anything, especially on a live podcast or even during your quieter moments alone. But I, I did want to remind you, and don't you forget it, that your life is a mess. <laughs> my life is not a mess. Your life is not a mess, Meredith. No, you used my life. You're doing <laughs> my, it right. Oh, yeah. I use mine. My yeah. life is not a mess. It just has some messy parts to it. Great. Now, who won? Me. Uh, uh, exactly. Did you win yeah. big or small? Big, because it shut it up. It was like, no, affirmative, wrong. Right. Uh, big or huge? 
Huge. Huge. And so that's how the new approach works. And there's two pieces to it. And you, I mean, you brought them to life, but this is what I see with real people who have been struggling. Most of my people who come to me have been struggling for decades with failed therapy yeah. for depression and anxiety. And this is exactly how, how I do it and, and exactly what I see. And, and, and the reason it, it can work so quickly, well, in your case, I mean, you're bright and you're motivated and all of that, but it's because people have been told that your depression and anxiety is because of what's wrong with you. And that makes mm. a lot of shame and, and get, it causes people to get, to get stuck and they fight so hard against it that they get, it's like trying to get out of quicksand and they get deeper and deeper into depression and anxiety. And what we're doing here is going in the opposite direction and saying that your negative feelings and thoughts, and you, you have a lot of them, just like we all have, have a lot of them, are actually an expression of the beautiful parts of yourself. Wow. And, and then when somebody sees that, there's a kind of a relief and the shame goes away and it paradoxically makes it easier for them to smash the thoughts, the distorted thoughts that, that cause the angst, the depression, the anxiety, the anger, the frustration, the hopelessness, the guilt, the shame, and the inadequacy. And I'm very excited about it because for me, the greatest feeling in the world is working with someone and seeing them go from tears to laughter. And right. when I was a psychiatric resident at you know, I was trained at Stanford Medical School, and then I did my residency at Penn, which is top. I've been on the faculty at Harvard, and I'm I'm at Stanford, back at Stanford now. And uh, uh, but all I've ever cared about is is seeing people go from despair to joy. And and when I was doing psychopharmacology and all the things I was trained in my residency, I never saw it. Wow. And I saw just people and they'd come and talk every session. And my supervisor said, just tell them to just say, tell me more. And encourage them to cry and get angry. Right. And right. that just happened all session long. And then occasionally they'd say, my supervisor would say, now when they get really angry, ask them if you remind them of their father. Oh. So I would say, do, do I remind you of your father? And they'd say, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd say, tell me more. And they'd start crying again. Oh, and, my gosh. And so I'm just really happy now that when, when I work with people, I usually see the transformation in, in, in a single session. Right. And uh, it doesn't always happen as fast as with you. Sometimes it takes two hours or maybe even two right. hours and tw 20 minutes. But at the end, I, I see joy. And then I do relapse prevention training because the negative thoughts and feelings will come back. And they and it's pretty easy to train a person. Here, here's what to do when they come back. That takes about 20 minutes, for, actually. And, th and then we're done. And so my life is just... Uh, when I work with people, just always seeing this miracle happen, and it's it's uh, it's really rewarding. And I, when I was in psychiatric residency training, I did you know four years of residency. Then I did a three-year, two-two-year postdoctoral research fellowship in depression treatment at 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 the Penn Medical School. 
I, I don't ever recall ever seeing anyone recover in the, in the right. entire time. Some people right. get a little less depressed, but they didn't get to, to joy. And, and now I see it all the time. So that's why I wrote Feeling Great. And, and that's, you know, why I'm doing my, my Feeling Good podcast. If anyone on your show is interested, too, I'll give you some self-promotion, but it's not for, for money. Because my website is filled with stuff that's free for people who are depressed and anxious. There's, uh, you know, the, the, my Feeling Good podcast, we've, uh, we'll hit our four millionth download uh, in wow. a few months. And, and I've got free depression classes and free anxiety classes, a lot of free things, because I know that people don't have much, much money. And, uh, and especially these days, uh, but all, all over the world. And so uh, if you go to feelinggood.com, if you're interested, you'll, you'll find a, a tons of, of resources there for you. You can take a depression test and it'll show you how depressed wow. you are, how anxious you are, how good your marriage is, all kinds of stuff, stuff <laughs> like that. And then what, what to do about it once you, once you do your, your, your diagnosis, but it's just right. been so much fun, uh, you know, shooting the breeze with you. Oh my gosh, this was so fun. And anyone that has listened to me for any period of time is probably like, oh, well, we knew she had some of these feelings, but this is off the chart. <laughs> well, how do you feel having revealed all of this to so many Fine. people? I feel, I feel good. Um, I'm, I tend to be fairly transparent, but I think what people might be surprised with would be that I'm, you know, some of the thoughts like, oh, I'm lonely. Yeah. And they would be like, wait, you are, you know, or, yeah, um, right. You know, so hard on myself, like yeah, imposter but, syndrome and that kind of stuff. But I I'm think I'm so that's glad normal. you're saying this. I bet you're going to get a lot of really warm emails from your fans. <laughs> I, I, I did a, a, a workshop on, um, let's see, Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, I mistimed it. It was uh, on. Uh, it was a full day workshop in Canada. It was it was virtual, and I came to two o'clock, and I had miscalculated the time for the slides for for a particular reason. I'd overlooked something, and at two o'clock, I had only ten more minutes of material. I was getting great feedback from the audience on the chat. Um, and then I, I thought, oh my gosh, I only have 10 minutes left of material and, and we're, we're supposed to go to 4.30. <laughs> and then somebody said in the chat, oh, no, we're actually, uh, the workshop doesn't end until 5. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, thanks. oh my God, I've got three hours and I only have 10 more minutes of, of stuff. And then someone in the chat wrote, uh, uh, Thank you so much for this workshop. There's something about myself that I've been hiding my entire life out of shame. And this workshop made it easier for me to accept myself. You know, God bless you. Mm. And then I, 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 I read that to the group. And then I said, oh, I don't know if this person, I won't say what your name is, but maybe you'd want to do a live session with, with me to demonstrate what the workshop's been about. And you're like, please, dear God, please, dear God. She said, yes. And I said, ka-ching, I'm saved. And then she got on and began to talk about herself. And it was so incredibly moving. Uh, she, she'd been in some kind, raised in some, maybe like different from yourself, but equally unusual upbringing and uh, a lot of rigidity and, and coldness. 
And she said that she'd never been hugged uh, by anyone until she was 40, when her mother hugged her for the first time. And wow. then she uh, tearfully uh, uh, said, and, and she said, I could even, you know, put this on one of my podcasts, so I'm not violating a confidence, but she said, but the truth is, Dr. Burns, I'm 49 years old and I've never had sex. And I'm so, feel so worthless and weird and uh, I've just been hiding this about myself and I'm sure people here are really, really judging me. And then, um, I guess I, you're up here. I keep thinking you're down here, but you're, you're up here <laughs> in the okay. camera. And, and then uh, all of a sudden the people uh, began putting things in the chat. We, you know, we love you and we feel so close to you. And it was just incredibly, incredibly moving. Right. And of course we did similar what, what you and I did, the same kinds of things. Yeah, well, and anyone listening, I mean, I'm sure that that, you know, it seemed like it was just about me, but I'm sure that was a helpful exercise to just kind of hear someone run through yeah. <laughs> all their thoughts and, and to see the counter, the, the counterpart to like the good, the thing you say, negative thoughts are an expression of the beautiful parts of yourself. I've yeah. never heard anything like that. In yeah, my isn't life. that awesome? I, I hadn't heard yeah. it either. And it didn't come until to me. Until you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until recently. And all this stuff has been coming with the help of my colleagues and our the, the Stanford Tuesday group. And it's just been uh, a real game changer for uh, psychotherapy and for so many, so many people. So thank you so much for, for having me on your show and blessings. Uh, for you and uh, I, you've, you've, you've given a gift for all of your fans today uh, to, to show that you're human and uh, you're not some kind of goddess or, or whatever. I don't think, think they think that. <laughs> and but, uh, well, they probably you. do. They, a lot of them pro probably do. And, and uh, I find too that when I share in my teaching my, my failures and screw ups, which are so frequent and often, uh, people seem to appreciate that that as well right. so well you should keep my phone number and next time you have three hours on you know a workshop and you're like you know sos meredith come yeah. on you can always pull me in and then you know thank we, you you can that, keep you know <laughs> yeah, i'll give you my sounds, negative thoughts <laughs> sounds fantastic thank you oh well thank you so much dr burns your new book Feeling Great, the Revolutionary New Treatment for Depression and Anxiety is available now. And also check out Feeling Good and all of the things that he mentioned for free at feelinggood.com. So thank you so much. Thanks, Meredith. And thank you all of you for, for listening today. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.